back to the Cami Marsh Show. Today I have a guest with me, Selena. Selena, go ahead and say hi. Hi, everybody. So Selena reached out to me on Facebook, and I'm so glad that she did. So let's cut right to it. Okay. Okay. Hi. So where are you from? <laughs> so I am from here in Evansville. I've been okay. here basically my whole life. Um, my mom, she had all of my siblings. I'm the youngest, or I'm number four out of five. Okay. Yeah, so my mom had a lot of kids. Big family. Big. Okay, yeah. love it. So what was growing up like in a big family? Do you have a big family now? I don't. I mean, there's four. it's just myself, my husband, and my two babies. <laughs> Me too. So I'm one of four. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and so... I like loved being having that many siblings, but did you ever feel like it was a little chaotic at times? And you were like, it was very too much, always loud, always chaotic, always running and screaming and somebody getting in trouble, you know, things like that, where it's like hard to find the normalcy and peace where it's like when you're an adult and you have your own kids and you're like, oh my gosh, like they, it's very different now. (laughs) So I just have two kids too, but I think that's funny that people it goes one of two ways. Like people raised in a big family, either mm-hmm. grow up and have a big family or yeah. they just have like the regular normal size, yeah. you know, not the extra. Mm-hmm. So I always like to ask people that they come from big families. Well, my siblings, two of my sisters have five kids. And okay, then I see. Ha- yeah. And then I have another sister that has zero children yeah. and is completely content with that. And a little brother that doesn't have children either. So right. it's, you're on one spectrum or the other, but you know, Every five time. kids, nobody is going to make the same decision. No, so. no. Okay, so you're the baby-ish. You're not the baby, but you're you're the baby. Baby so, girl. Um, you're the little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, so super spoiled. No. No? <laughs> no. Okay, what? Do you you know, were robbed. You know those stigmas where they say that like your oldest sibling got away with everything because yeah. your parents didn't know any better, but then whenever you have other siblings and you know you're farther down the line, your parents have learned because oh, they their wrote first the book. Rodeo. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. that many kids. They wrote the book. I, I get that. I get that because I'm number three. Mm-hmm. So my I have a younger brother. So he's the only boy. Yeah. So he's the only boy and the baby. Uh-huh. Us too. Yeah. So it's three girls and then a boy. You too? Yeah. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. So did your brother get away with everything? Yes. Mine does too. And my oldest sister. Yes, mine too. <laughs> oh my gosh. The okay. commonality. So yeah. it must be a big family thing. It must be like a standing dynamic then. So are you going to have any more kids or are you good with two? I don't, I mean, I never say never. Yeah. What about you? I never say never. Okay, okay. But I'm also, I'm just happy with I'm what really I have. I'm really happy. I'm really content. So I have two boys. Us too. Okay. Oh my God. We, well, we have the same life. Yeah. <laughs> so I did want a girl, um, but you know, I'm really enjoying being a boy mom. It's very different. It is different. And all of my friends have girls. Yes. Literally all mm-hmm. of them. And so I get to hang out with them and spend time with them and get my girly dose with them and my girlfriends and stuff yeah. like that. Like... I don't know. The more and more that I think on it, the more I'm like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the way Uh to go. I've definitely have had those moments, especially when you're like, you sit back and you're watching your babies play and you're like, you know, we're post-apocalyptic. Like there's only four of us in this family. And if there's five of us, somebody's going to get left behind on the mountain. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And how old are your kids? They're four and five. Okay. So mine are four and two. So like you're past the baby stage. You made it. Got rid of all of the baby things. I know. So it's like, I don't know. But then again, some days I'm like, well, maybe, yeah. just, maybe just one little more baby. But we're blended though. So my husband was married <laughs> before and I have, you know, my son and my son's dad and I, we split up shortly after he was okay, born. Gotcha. So we're a blended family. The five-year-old, he's my husband's and we actually gotcha. dropped him off at kindergarten this morning. It was no so rough. Way. It was a rough day. 
did he cry? I did. Okay, you did. <laughs> but was he fine with it? He was so excited. <sighs> and that's the big important thing is like, you know, you get to watch your little babies just revolutionize and become their own little individuals. And it's I like, I want, can't be upset about you moving on to I bigger can't, things. I can't handle it though. Mm-hmm. Mine are both about to go to preschool for oh the first gosh. time. And I've been crying because mm-hmm. it starts next week. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like if my oldest is super shy. Yeah. And I'm like, if he's crying saying he doesn't want to go. He's getting back in the car. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But my husband's like, no, we have to, we have to take him there. We have to leave him there. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it or not. Mm-hmm. I think so. he would like his time better with me. I know. <laughs> he loves me. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Well, we have the same life then. How I, interesting. It seems like it. Only I love that for us. All of my friends, they all have boys though. They so, do? Yes. Okay. Jealous. Mm-hmm. Jealous. Big because, boy village. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I mean, mm-hmm. My kids are getting a lot of good, valuable time playing with their friends, you know, whatever. They're yeah. all the same age, but yeah, no, we need, we need more boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the pre-K era is so much fun. You're about to see them come home with pictures of little projects and things that their teachers are going to let them do for you for like Mother's Day and stuff. It's going to completely, crush me. oh, your, your fridge will be, oh, it, it's going to look crazy with yes. all the magnets of photos <laughs> and other things. I cannot wait. Okay. So little sidebar there, but back to you. So <clears throat> you graduate high school here in Evansville. What school did you go to? I went to North. And okay, so gotcha. when I graduated, it was actually weird because I started off in the old campus off Stringtown. Okay. And then midway through my sophomore year, I think it was like in the winter or like the, at the beginning of the spring semester or something, they transitioned everybody mid-year. So I actually finished out my days at the new North. Okay, nice. And then I went to Ivy Tech, wanted to do the social work gig, decided I didn't want to do the social work gig. Okay, tell me why you didn't want to. Personally, I would never pick it because because I think that's got to be one of the most heart-wrenching jobs Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So what made you go away from it? So I think it's also important to remember like why I wanted to do it in the first place was like, you know, I went to my high school social worker a lot. She was a big, like, you know, she seemed like a friend to me whenever I was younger, anytime I had like a sticky situation. And at the time I was like, you know, I want to be just like her. Like she was, you know, shout out Diana. Uh, (laughs) She was like my number one role model and was really a figure for me growing up. And I was like, you know, as a very misguided little girl, like I want to be that for somebody else one day. Oh yeah. And like a voice for a child. And so I wanted to do more like kind of maybe school type of work, you Mm -hmm. know, but when you're in the, the social work program, you learn pretty much everything and you go into specialties from there. And really at that time, I started partying a lot. Okay, gotcha. It really went down a very wild path of drinking, like underage IDs and sneaking into bars and absolutely all of the fun stuff. It's a rite of passage, right? It really is. I mean, it's not like I was away at college, you (laughs) know, I was here doing the same stuff. Yeah. um, Yeah, I pretty much left college and was like, you know, F this, I'll just be a bartender, you know, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with being a bartender because I really miss serving people. I miss the, Oh, it's gotta be so fun. It is. You just yeah. make lifelong people that watch your babies grow up alongside you and have questions and, you know, they just really get to know you and you get to know their families. Where did you tend bar at? Oh my God. A bunch of different places. Yes. Okay. I gotcha. mean, everybody that bartends around here is usually a traveler. Okay. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was your favorite place? <laughs> Where I met my husband. Okay, whoa. Okay, yeah. where? Tell Don- me where. Dante's Highland Pizza. I've never been there. Yeah, good okay. pizza. Okay. Really good pizza. Do they have gluten-free crust? They do. I'm going to have to check it out. Mm-hmm, that good cauliflower stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah. So tell me the story about how you met your husband then. 
You were working? Yeah. <gasps> okay. It was I love so it. crazy because really it was like three days before Christmas. We were all as a staff trying to decide if we wanted to be open. And I was managing at the time and I told Dante, I'm like, hey dude, I don't have anything else going on on Christmas. Like we may as well like open the doors and we serve the people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the family affairs were celebrated before and things like that. Um, and so he was like, all right, you know, shit, let's open up our doors. Mm -hmm. So we did. And there were three servers on the floor that night, myself being one. And, uh, this really hot guy came in. Okay. Love it. <laughs> and like, I, I knew because I had worked so much that he had never been in there before. Right. You know, so you're like, who's this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was still when everybody was masked up and everything. And so he comes Girl, in. Girl, you saw it through the mask. I did. Okay. Love it. But he saw it first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so he was feeling you too. Well, it was weird because like when he first, I was not in the stage where I really wanted to date anybody, you know, like I still didn't really have relationships after my son, dad and I split up okay, and stuff. Gotcha. Not that that was messy. He and I just grew apart. We're great friends now. We yeah. co-parent so much better than we ever were, you know, as a couple with one another mm -hmm. and him and my um, husband, they get along so well. So the co-parenting oh, stuff is beautiful yeah, when it that's comes great. to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, pretty much he comes in with a group of friends and they go sit at like a long table in the back and it is a co-worker of his that worked at Toyota with him, um, the friend's wife and their kids. Well, he goes and he sits back there and I keep noticing he's like eyeballing me, but I'm like, you know, this guy, he's really cute. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm sure he's probably got ties to him and like blah, blah, blah. No way he's single. No, yeah. no way. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. And so I'm like walking over there and his buddy is like trying to hit on me for his friend. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I have a son. I'm not interested. Like I tried to pawn my husband, my now husband off on somebody else. You oh know, my gosh. I was like, I have single friends. I could give you their number. Like I have a little boy. I'm a single mom. Like I'm not interested. Why do you think that was just because you were like overwhelmed with being a mom and working and all that stuff or what? Why were you not wanting to date? Well, I just didn't. Not just, emotionally ready? I really think I was emotionally ready. I just didn't think I wanted it with him. <laughs> Even though you thought he was super hot? Okay. I thought it was too good to be true. And okay. maybe that's like, You're a, like a, okay, he's super hot. So something's wrong with this guy. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you know, whatever. So after I said, you know, I'm, I'm a single mom. Like, you know, my kid is one. He looked at me and he's like, I have a son and he's two. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I was thinking, okay, like, is he like a weekend dad or, you right. know, what's, what's the situation? And I come to find out, you know, he was fresh out of a, like getting separated, you know, from his wife that he had had. And, you know, the things that he would tell me at the time, I wouldn't believe, you know, kind of shrugged it off. I'm like, you know, this is just usually what they all say. Or okay. Like but a, I love it. Cause that means you're a girl's girl. You're not, yeah. you're not falling for it. You're no. like, no, come on, do better. Absolutely. Yeah, not. Yeah. But I then, love the skepticism. <laughs> when I met her, when I met his ex-wife, it was actually at my bonus baby's t-ball game. And mm -hmm. she's like, you know, like, I'm really happy for you guys. Like, and I want you guys to be happy, oh. things like that. Um, and she and I get along, you know, for the right. most part, we yeah. still have our co-parenting bickerments about time and things like that, sure. but you can't meet a group of co-parents that doesn't, you Absolutely. know, have those kinds of obstacles and we overcome them really well. Mm -hmm. And like in moments of 
strife, our co-parents have really been big backbones for us in moments, okay, good. you know, and good. vice versa. Yeah. So it's good to have those kinds of relationships. But back to the way that uh, he <laughs> fell in love with me. <laughs> it was love at first sight, even in the mask. Well, it, it was just weird because, you know, he did take it off and we just began to talk and he asked me for my phone number and I was like, um, you know, I don't know. So do you, did you have guys hitting on you a lot though while you were like working at the bar and stuff? Well, I mean, had to have. Yeah, yeah. but it, I was never a person that really entertained it. I was right. never somebody that was going to let Joe Schmo just because he gave exactly. me five bucks touch on my butt. You exactly. know what I mean? So like something's it, different about this that you're like, yeah. you gave him your number, right? Mm-hmm. I did. He okay. was like, he was like, okay, so here's my receipt. And he had tipped me fat. <laughs> so you're like, okay. He was like, I want you to take my receipt. And I want you to go write your phone number on the bottom of it. And I just snatch the receipt out of his hand and I go and I take care of a couple other tables and I come back and I put my phone number at the top. And I was like, you really think that you just met me and you're already going to tell me what to do? And like, so instead of putting it at the bottom, I put my phone number at, at the, the top, top and he, he ended up getting a hold of me and calls me right then and there. Cause he wanted to make, make sure, sure it was real. <laughs> it was real. Oh my gosh. Love this. Okay. And so, uh, he's like, when can we hang out? And I was like, if you really like want to hang out with me and stuff, what are you doing tonight? That in, night? On Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. You're married. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Seriously. And so um, pretty much after that, um, we, I was like, well, where do you want to meet up? And he's like, well, pretty much the only place open are like bars. And I was like, okay, well, Dante's is kind of close to Corner Pocket. Let's go to Corner Pocket and get some beers. So we go and we actually meet up. I'm like, he, you know, he doesn't ghost me. I don't ghost him. Okay. And when he sees me show up, he's like, like, he couldn't believe I actually showed up. And, uh, like, you know, people were there drinking all night and stuff like that. But once it was last call, I know the bartender over there and he was like, if you guys want, like everybody else is leaving, you guys can stay and just hang out for a little bit. And so we shut the bar down on Christmas, just like sitting at the bar talking. And this is like, you just met him for the very first time. So what did, what were you guys talking about? We laid everything nasty and ugly out right on the table. Okay. He's like, I'm freshly separated. And like, I, you know, this is not one of those situations where we will ever be getting back together. You know, like my life is going to have to move on. And right now, like, I'm not really sure about a relationship, but like, I want to get to know you and things like that. And we have this joke because I had my own apartment at the time in downtown Newburgh and it was just a one bedroom, like barely over 600 square foot, you know, and he had a house and, um, uh, you know, after some time we made the commitment that we were like, let's integrate, you know, like we we waited a long time to introduce our boys and we just didn't really know what it would look like for them to mesh with somebody that wasn't blood. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so we set up a little play date with them and uh, they immediately hit it off. They look like night and day. One has brown hair and honey brown eyes. And the other one is a blonde baby with the brightest blue eyes and freckles you've ever seen. And so they're very different. And like other people really think that they're blood just because of, you know, their bond. And so when we introduced them, it was a big step. Um, I think we waited like four months something like that to introduce the kids. And yeah, after they fell in love, we were like, let's move it. And so I was like, okay, are you going to move in with me? Or am I going to move in with you? And he's like, I don't want to move into your apartment, you know, <laughs> and he already had his life established right. and things like that. So I was like, all right, I'll be here tomorrow with all my shit. Right. You know? Okay. No problem. Here I come. We yeah. did wait, I think about 
seven, seven, almost eight months before moving in. Okay, so what was your friends and family thinking? Were they like, girl, this is crazy, this is too soon? Or were they like, go for it? All of them were like, go for it. Okay, love it. Because he quickly wanted to get to know my friends. He never tried to take me away from them. He always, he's very family oriented. So not only did I get to see who he was, as a dad and who he could be as like a boyfriend and stuff. But I saw the kind of friend that that he is, you know, and I was like, I wanted to invest in that, you know, even if we were both just two single people and like I could help him raise a baby by himself, you know what I mean? Like to be friends with each other or whatever. And it quickly evolved into something way more than that. So I'm glad I didn't search too hard in my phone book for another friend. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Good for you. So, okay. You were talking a little bit before we started about, you know, talk about what you do now. Cause you're not bartending. No, you're not doing social work, not serving. Okay. So what are you doing now? So I started my cleaning business in July of 2022. So mind you, I started, I launched in July, um, I believe it was the 14th and I signed up for classes that began two weeks after. Okay. So I juggled the full-time mom schedule being in the entrepreneurship program where basically they teach you the fundamentals on if you, whatever business idea that you have, whether your idea sucks or not. And if you know, you need to elaborate and reorganize and like figure out a different plan, Um, They teach you about like checks and balances, accounting. They brought in speakers from, you know, all over the community that really came in and were able to educate us on the fundamentals of what it would take. Did you love it? I did love it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I made a really, I made so many good friends in that class. Okay, sweet. Okay, so I just have to ask, why cleaning? Because there's nothing that I hate more. Do you love to clean? Not my own house. Okay, so you love to clean other people's house. Well, I take that back. I like to keep my house looking nice because... Oh, I do too. But I, the fact that I have to be the one to do it is where I lose interest. Yeah. As, well, <laughs> for me, it's the instant gratification. Like whenever it was serving alcohol, it was the instant gratification of, you know, your, your customer being happy. If you were feeding them a pizza and they got their belly full, they left in a better mood than okay, when gotcha. they came in. When I go into people's houses or I go clean these businesses, like they can't, their their minds sometimes can't understand like how much was actually done, you right. know, because I don't know. It's just, uh, it's personalized. I listen to a lot of testimonies from so many clients that either they're just so busy, you know, I have clients that that husband and wife are fighting all of the time because they both work full-time jobs and they come home and they deal with the kids and somebody's not pulling their load. And it's nice to be the middle person that gets to come in and just be like the peace person, you know, and, uh, the instant gratification, like they, the before and afters, I give little teasers to my clients and stuff where I'll send them pictures throughout the day and they'll be like, can I see more? And I'm like, nope, you'll see it when you get home, you know, things like that. Do you do like organizing and stuff like that? Or it's like, it's cleaning. I do everything. So I do like move in, move out cleans for Mm -hmm. apartments and housing, you know, houses, um, realtors reach out to me to get houses ready to show, to get ready for the internet and stuff. Um, and then I'm trying to think, yeah, my, my mamas, I serve a lot of mamas that just need an extra hand and stuff. And the big appeal for them is because they know it's things that they know that they need to do, but they just can't find the time. time. Yeah. You know? So, okay. I've never, ever had somebody else clean my house, Mm -hmm. which even saying it now, it seems like it should be illegal. I should (laughs) definitely have you come clean my house sometime. I would do it. Um, but 
you know, what is the procedure? When you go in someone's house, like, they need to have their stuff, like, put away. It can be just, like, a complete tornado. Like, how does it go? It really just... I it wish, depends. There's I wish, different... I don't want people to ever feel ashamed or embarrassed whenever I enter a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I mean, I've, you're there to clean it. All yeah. of the time. And I've seen, like, after construction, yes. you know, like, after people squatted in houses and people are trying to do things to fix it and they call out to me for help, things like that. I've seen many arrays of conditions of homes. And mm-hmm. so for me, we start with like a real, you know, introduction where my clients or, you know, prospects will reach out to me and be like, Hey, can you come look at this? You know, I'm going to pre-pick up before you get there. And I'm like, ah, don't do that. Yeah. Do not pre-pick up. Like I need to see everything in its raw form. You need to, you, you need to have the trust in me that, you know, number one, this is confidential. Number two, there is zero judgment. Right. Number three, you reached out to me, which was the biggest part of the problem, like the biggest part to your solution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot to reach out for help. And so people need to know that that, like that confidence, sure, you know, is there. And um, pretty much I go in and we take like a home tour and we gather home goals. I ask them if they're open to ideas and if they are like, I'm like, all right, you know, I serve it up and I'm like, let's, let's, let's compose a plan together. Um, And usually from there, they just kind of tell me what they want to see, how often things like that. And I go home and I type up an estimate I work in you know, how much time I think it's going to take me and, and my materials, you know, I'm constantly having to make supplies runs and things like that. Right. Um, but whenever it comes to like, some people want me to come and clean right before a party. So like, I'm getting it pretty much stage ready for them to have guests. Yeah. Um, the nesting services, mamas are getting ready to bring their babies home yes. and I've cleaned for them while they've been, you know, deli- like in delivery, active delivery and oh they gosh, show that up. That would have been amazing. And they have like sterilized bottles and I'm their babies. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> their baby's clothes has already been like washed and the tags ripped off and, and things like that. Um, I also have geriatric clients that, you know, I have my favorite client. His name is Richard. Shout out Richard. He'll probably never listen to this, <laughs> but um, he is 83. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran. He, his family actually hired me because they live busy lives too. And he just kind of needs a buddy and stuff. And, uh, whenever I go to his house, he is like so excited to see me. He's like telling me all about like his recent updates in life and just being an extra. You're like a friend to him. His family hired me as a house cleaner and I became his buddy, you know? (laughs) That's so sweet. He's awesome. So what I'm kind of picking up is that you like to take care of people. I do love to take care of people, but also it helps me take care of like the internal things with me too you know that yeah. that that cliche that's like if a person turns on music and they just start to clean just let them like they're just trying to release whatever and I don't feel like I live like a high stress life or anything like that even with my business right you know it's it's really not that stressful for me yeah but I do I love being my own boss I like making my own schedule I like you know my husband's job he works at Toyota so he doesn't have the availability sure you know and that was a big thing when we met too that kind of helped push me in the right direction to be praying on meditating on things like that um he was like, you know, with my job, like I have to be with someone that also has the availability to be Mm -hmm. more available for the kids because I can't, you know, and I'm like, I got it. It's me. Yeah. I got it. Say no more. Super nanny to the rescue. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, obviously, and the reason that I'm saying, you know, obviously you like to take care of people, you were going to do social work Mm -hmm. and something that you said a little while back was that you were a very misguided girl. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? 
Well, I grew up in a very Christian household. Okay. You know, you would have thought like my foundation and everything would have been strong. And, you know, I'd never let go of, gotcha. of my my salvation or my relationship with Jesus. But, you know, over sheltered kids and I and I'm a parent that, you know, I'm going to have to learn this on my own, mm-hmm. as you're going to understand um, when your youngsters get bigger. But Oversheltered children also create like adults that become very reckless at a young age. And I was so so impulsive. I, you know, like I said, got, had a boyfriend that was 23 and I was freshly 18. Oh gosh. Yeah. So like I got my first apartment a week after graduating high school, said, see you to my parents. And like, I just went downhill from there for many Mm -hmm. up until the point I was 22. Yeah. Right up until the point where like I left my kid's dad and I found out I was pregnant. Yes. So, so you grew up in church. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did not grow up in church. Mm-hmm. I kind of started going to church a little later in life, mm-hmm. but kind of like what you're saying, the like sheltering and stuff, I see where, you know, as a parent, mm-hmm. you would want to. Yes. You want to protect your kids from anything bad. You never wanted to make the wrong choices, Mm -hmm. but almost like pretending that those choices aren't there Mm -hmm. or aren't real. Yeah. Is like you're saying, yeah, one of the worst things that you could possibly do. Right. I mean, and it goes beyond just kind of that. It's more like, you know, I wasn't allowed to wear a lot of things. A lot of other girls my age were allowed to okay, wear, gotcha. you know, like it was the tank top camis with the V-necks and, you know, constantly getting the motion of like, you know, pull, pull your, your shirt, shirt up. up. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that was never a fault of my own, you know. And so it was just that was just one very small thing. I think another misguided kind of thing that I thought was just that I knew everything about the world at 18 and I had to basically, you know, fall on my face to really figure out like where my, where my groundings could be found again. Right. And, uh, yeah, just drinking, partying, had a boyfriend that was too old for me at the time, you know, especially, you know, now that it, it would be different, but you know, at the, at the time I was still so young and just idolized like the fun life. And it really, I had two DUIs by the time I was 21. Because really? Yes. Okay, so talk about that. Yeah. Well, okay, girl, if I get pulled over for like rolling a stop sign, I am like, like hearts beating out of my chest, like cannot even function. Yeah. Okay, so talk about that. I want to know. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm trying to think back where. How old were you when you got your first DUI? 21. You were 21 and then you got your second one when you were still 21. Four months later. No. <laughs> yes, dude. Did you lose your license? Uh, For like 90 days or something. Okay, and I had to do bad. like the breathalyzers and all that stuff for mm-hmm. a while. But it like it got dropped after a year or something. But yeah, you definitely pay Ooh, for your consequences. That's so a wake up call. Isn't do it? not drink and drive. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Did you have to spend the night in jail? Yes. No, 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 no. Yes, no, yes, no. yes. Okay, talk about it. Okay, so the <laughs> the first one, I got bailed out the next day. Thank God. And then the Who second- Who bailed you out? My dad, my stepdad. Okay, what was that like? Was he was he ticked? There's no other shame oh, that comes with an oversheltered kid that knows better, that knows the right decisions and made a stupid decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was no other look of regret that I could ever like see in his eyes again to that magnitude. Right. You know, because it was like, you made this dumbass decision once. Okay, I'm going to get you out of it. The second time he was like, Mm-mm. so he bailed you out the both times. No, no, he didn't. No. Okay. Okay. No. The second time <laughs> it was my kid's dad. He came and bailed you out. Yeah. 
Oh no. Yeah. Okay. So I know maybe I'm being like way too personal, but if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. What were you doing that made you get pulled over the first time? If I could remember, I really would okay. tell you the Okay, events. gotcha. I'm always curious because I'm like, you know, obviously they know yeah. when they pull people over if yeah. they're drunk driving or not. Right. I know someone that was like driving at nighttime without their lights on. Yeah. Someone that didn't signal when they turned, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that always just scares me. I can't tell you really what happened the night of the event, but after I got bonded out, whenever I went to my car, I had realized the entire inside panel of my car got lost somewhere. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a horrifying situation. Terrible. Terrible. Do not recommend so just, to a friend. Yeah. yeah. So it was basically from 18 to 22 of just impulsivity. You know, I always had my own my own place and I really thought I had my life in under control just because I had the freedom was too much. Yeah. I had my own shit and, you know, was you've an been adult. on restrictions for so long. So long. That once it was time to go, it was it over. Was like, yeah, it was over. So really the whole um, no mom is just a phase like that was me between 18 to 22 you know what I mean yeah. so and what made you what made you reel it back in because 22 is still very young yeah so I was on probation is what was going on and at that time my kid's dad and I were still living together okay I remember that's what that's what was happening and uh I found out I was pregnant okay and he and I were both like <gasps> Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I called my sister and I was like, can you bring me a pregnancy test? And she's like, yeah. And I took it and I found out I was pregnant. And I don't know, just as my baby started to like develop inside of me and I was learning like really like this morning sickness ain't no joke. Like yeah. I constantly feel terrible. I feel like I'm throwing up battery acid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was it was really in those moments of loneliness after he and I had split where I just had to rediscover and refine myself. And, you know, like my therapist that I was seeing and stuff was telling me like, you know, you are not somebody that suffers from like daddy issues. You know right. what I mean? Like you had a good figure and stuff. Yeah. Maybe you just need to start holding yourself accountable better and like hold people that you love and that you want to be with and stuff to the same standard, you know, if not higher than your dad. Mm -hmm. Cause my stepdad, he adopted me whenever I was very little, but he was okay. the man that could fix everything. Like he can do absolutely anything, you know, if it's like an at home repair or, you know, he, the way he takes care of my mom, my mom always has fresh flowers in her house, Aww. you know, like he, he set the bar high. Yeah. And so really whenever I met my husband and I started to see some of these behaviors or just that my stepdad and my husband are both, you know, very straight and narrow, such big rule followers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And there was a day where I had like a revelation where I'm like, this guy that I'm seeing is everything that I prayed for to like, yeah. you know, embody in my life and, and with my spirit, like with my children and, and things like that to, you know, I just wanted that wholeness and, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe everything just kind of had to happen for a reason. So I could regain, Absolutely. you know, my bearings and everything since then has just been beautiful and like an abundant, I mean, an abundant blessing, Yeah, you know, so. Which I think is a good testament. You know, some people might be like, I mean, there are people right now that have two DUIs and think their life's over mm -hmm. and they think like, 
Mm-hmm. This is rock bottom. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to move on from this? And yeah. I think it's a good testament to like, it's not over until it's over. Yeah. Like you can still keep going, still keep trying. Mm-hmm. You can claw your way out of anything. Yeah. People are going to see you on recent bookings, but like once you get out <laughs> of recent bookings and you end up starting a business and you do really well at it, those same people that Who like cares? saw you in that light, they, they can't look at you like no. that anymore. They have to see that transition, like believe that people can change and can move on and make beautiful things out of like terrible situations right you know? I mean we were all young and dumb once yeah and just because you got caught doesn't mean you're any different you than know it's somebody funny. else it's funny that you say that because back in the day whenever I was working at like the VFW on the west side there was a sheriff there and I was serving him behind the bar and he's like is your name Selena and I said yes and I was like oh boy what's going on and he's like well I just wanted to let you know that uh, I was actually the sheriff that arrested you on your <gasps> second DUI and he's like, and uh, the only difference between, you know, me and you is the fact that you got caught, you know, like I catch people all of the time and I've had to arrest some really good friends of mine, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but I will have, you know, I would, I would have to say, I think you're a lot funnier sober. And, <laughs> and you're like, oh. and I was like, I had to have really shown out. I know you guys see people that are worse off than me, but you remembered my name, you know? Yeah. So it was like something must have happened, but I'm glad I ran into him again. Well, yeah. Know? And I've seen him again since then. And he, he was like, I see what you're doing. Good job. You know, like good job. Keep it up. So yeah. it's like, that's what I mean. Whenever I'm saying like, if you want to do something, do it. It don't, don't let what people may see about you on my case or, you know, unless it's a, a terrible, terrible crime, <laughs> like, if it's bad and come on, there are some things you can come back from. You know what those things are. <laughs> Don't make us. They're DUIs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that though. That is awesome and good for you for Thanks. you know not letting it slow you down. And Thanks. you're so right. I mean, people are so quick to judge, mm-hmm. but people are also quick to forgive. I found mm-hmm. you know and move on. You just have to find the right people. You know, absolutely. And that's a big thing, too. Whenever you transform your life from, you know, thinking that you have all of these friends because you're you're frequenting these bars and Mm -hmm. same circles, same people and stuff like that. And then you're on the outside in a lot of the time you can feel really alone. Yeah. But then you realize, like, you find more peace just being by yourself and, you know, having that kind of um, solitude mentally. So what is your day to day like now? So I graduated Ivy Tech and. May, just this past May. Oh, okay, great. So I've been getting used to now knowing what a full-time schedule with my cleaning business has looked like without overfilling my cup. Gotcha. Um, so I get up at five, five o'clock and I pack my husband's lunch and I get the munchkins up and then I drive them to two different schools and then I get over to my first client. Usually I'll book between one to two clients a day, mm-hmm. um, sometimes three if it's, you know, like crunch time and I have a project or something um, and then I finish my work day. I pick up my munchkins. We go home and go on golf cart rides and ride Aww. bikes and play outside. And we like to do fireworks and poppers. Like the kids love to throw poppers off yes. the golf carts and yes. stuff like that. Um, we're outside bugs. We love to be out and hanging out with friends. Just always having a little good time with Aww. our family. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love it. Well, Selena, this has been so fun. So I've fun. really enjoyed getting to know you, and this was great. I'm so glad you reached out to me. Yes, thank you for having me. This was really fun. So, guys, start your businesses, and uh, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do really good shit in life. All right. I love it. We're <laughs> Thanks gonna for end having on me. That. Yeah, all right. <laughs>